This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive. Smart, fun radio. Houston, we do not have a problem. Sarah Webb. Joy Drive's astrophysicist. Good afternoon, Sarah Webb. Good afternoon. Sarah, what would it have been like uh, for the astrophysicists, the first ones ever, to see a photo of the Earth? Oh my gosh. I, uh, so the first photo would have been taken uh, when we started launching things into space. Our first satellite was in 58 and then we quickly had the Apollo program. And I think the photos of the Earth that were taken then took the world literally by storm. It was over every single newspaper. And I think astrophysicists had this understanding that we were looking back on, we look out to the universe all the time. That's, that's our job. And this kind of like almost longing for home of looking back on the earth. And we're getting a similar feeling at the moment because we're getting new photos of the earth from one of our spacecraft that is about to orbit the moon currently from intuitive machines. And everybody can go online right now and Google intuitive machines, um, photos of the earth. And you get that feeling almost like homesickness of looking back at the little planet that contains absolutely everything we've ever known. I wonder if it was a bit of a, I suppose, uh, you know, a realisation for humanity when we did look at ourselves as a little ball. Yeah, there's something called the overview effect, mm. um, which astronauts get when they're up there and they get this kind of, it's a com- very complex emotion that, you know, psychologists have tried to study this of both like admiration for our planet, worrying for the future of it, kind of this this fragile like fragility of of what we are, and astronauts get that quite a lot. And I think we are able to get a glimpse of that when we look at photos of our planet from a distance and realize just how tiny and how small and how wonderful our world is, um, but it, how tiny it is in the grand scheme of things. Uh, this new photo of the Earth that you've uh, we've seen, how dis- yeah. different is it compared to say the first one? I think what we're seeing now is something that's in really high quality. So we obviously right now have incredible technology. Our mobile phones have more more computing power than the the computers that sent uh, men to the moon in the sixties. Our phones it it's terrifying. It really is. Our mobile phone could do it all for us. Uh, but our cameras on our mobile phone as well are exceptionally good now. And so we're able to use kind of this small technology that we use on our everyday lives and put it onto spacecrafts. And so uh, if you go and do look at those photos, they are really high resolution, almost so crisp and beautiful. And when you compare them back to the original Apollo photos, there is a massive difference between that film grainy quality to now looking at something that that looks just so nice, so crisp. Sarah, uh, when I was on the cruise last week, I uh, watched a movie and it was called Biosphere. And, you know, Ooh. of course, they're growing plants and fish and all sorts of things to keep themselves alive. And they, they're the only two humans left on Earth. Now, China is going to set up a bit of an ecosystem up in space. Yeah, I will have to watch that movie Biosphere because it sounds right up my alley. Um, but you're absolutely right. So we're getting... Um, China is sending the, something called the Chang'e 8 mission, which is going to launch roughly in 2028, and it's a lander to the moon. So another nation, um, just like America is trying to put landers on the moon, so is China. 
And what they're sending up is a heap of different experiments and one of them is going to be this like mini ecosystem where they're trying to grow different materials on the moon. Could they introduce something to the moon that shouldn't be there? In theory, every every mission we do could, in theory, introduce something, um, microbes or bacteria to the moon. When we're doing space missions, though, a lot of the time the protocols for having uh, different protection levels of the spacecraft. So there's things called clean rooms and there's different levels of clean for spacecraft. And when we're landing on the moon, the, the highest level has to be reached, which means that everything is completely sanitised and the experiments they'll be sending will be completely contained so that the risk is very low. Sarah, will this uh, ecosystem, it, will it be self-sustaining? In theory, yes. So it should be tiny little ecosystem. It's not going to live forever. It will die out over over a period of time, but it will have different things in there. So they've already like successfully grown uh, a cotton bud on the far side of the moon on there. I cotton believe bud. it was the Changi. Yeah, on the Changi 6 mission. So they've grown cotton, technically just sprouted it a little bit successfully. And then they're going to upgrade that on the Changi 8 mission and have a few different species of plant uh, and, and microbes in, in the ecosystem. Fantastic. Now, uh, what does it mean if we're looking into space and we're searching for wobbles? <laughs> Are they called wobbles? Could wobbles it could mean all sorts but in this context uh there's a there's a new research paper that came out that suggests that potentially we could use the wibble wobble so the wobbling of our galaxy uh to detect dark matter now we've chatted dark matter a lot on this show before this mysterious thing we don't know what it is it is everywhere we know it is there we, we've detected it indirectly indirectly but we haven't actually figured out what it is yet and so this new paper suggests that we could potentially use giant lasers in space oh, to wow. try and detect very tiny wobbles in space and time itself caused by a particular type of dark matter. It's all very theoretical right now, but it could be something in the future if we can ever do it. I like the fact that you're talking about dark matter, something really complex, and yeah. uh, you've called these things wobbles. The wibble wobbles, yeah. yeah. Very scientifically accurate. <laughs> Sarah, good to chat with you, as always. We'll uh, <laughs> Thank you. talk to you in a fortnight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Dr. Sarah Webb from Swinburne University of Technology. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app, no matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.